Welcome back to what is the latest episode in a series, a mini-series within the stuff I'm talking about. Um, I hope you've watched everything that's come before this. If you haven't, go back and at least watch the black and white thinking episode and the Imagination of Stories Part 2 about assessing truth and assessing information. I think they will, if you, if you watch those, listen to those, that will make this make more sense. This episode I wanted to do because we're in the middle of the, I'm filming this show in the middle of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. As with anything like this, conspiracy theories start up. I think maybe because more people have got more time and everyone's at home. It feels, and maybe that's just because that's what I'm looking at, could be my confirmation bias. Um, it feels like conspiracy theories are sort of getting a bit more traction now than they have in the past. Um, we'll talk about why, why that might be. So I wanted to just do a quick episode just about conspiracy theories and what they are and, and maybe a different way of thinking about them. And the reason I've done it as a separate video and I've done the others first is when I first started thinking about doing this episode, I probably didn't expect to get to where I've got to. So it's important that you've got the background of how I like to approach problems, how I like to approach thinking about things and uh, assessing information, deciding on things, really putting some thought into whether something is true or not. If it's not absolutely true, where's on the scale? Because, and I, I should say, let me just say from the start as well, because I've seen some other people, the problem you've got in this world is because of the black and white thinking thing that I mentioned in the previous episode, because of that, if there is a, 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 a widely accepted way of thinking about something, if anybody says anything outside of that, they can be lambasted. And especially the world we live in with Twitter and social media, the shit that people get, and I expect to get some shit because I'm putting stuff out there on the internet and you're always gonna get some criticism. And I, fortunately, I've, I've got a lot of exposure to being online over the years, so I'm, I'm good with it. I'm intrigued to see what happens, actually. I wanna make it absolutely clear before we start talking about this that you should not be going out and burning, setting fire to telecoms masts. You should not be burning mobile phones, cell phone towers. You should not be doing any acts of criminal damage. It was really interesting. I saw an, a newspaper article today as I'm filming this that criticised someone else who, after they'd said something about the 5G conspiracy theory on TV, they were, they were after, as a result of that, it said in the, in the newspaper, someone set fire to a telephone mast. To be absolutely clear, no matter what anybody says on TV, criminal damage is illegal. You're not allowed to set fire to shit, so don't do it, right? No matter what you think, if it goes back, go back to the, um, the last thing, talking about vegans and game changers. James Wilkes even says on the Joe Rogan show, people who think they're trying to convert people into veganism by throwing blood or red paint on coats, they're doing the wrong thing because they're having the exact opposite effect on people. They're driving people away from what they believe in. It's not a good approach. If you believe in any of this stuff, if you believe that 5G causes coronavirus, if you believe in conspiracy theories of any nature, criminal damage is not your way forward. The way forward is reasoned conversation, is asking people questions. Go back to the end of the last episode. Don't make statements at people. Ask them questions that challenge the way they already think. So. What, what really prompted this was, 
I sat down, I mentioned this in the last episode, I sat down and watched a two and a half hour interview with David Icke, where he talked about this. And I, to be honest, I thought David Icke was dead. I didn't, I didn't even know he was still alive. Um, and I've never seen him talk before. I've heard his name loads, as you might have done. But in fairness to him, he was, I understand why he's got a big following. He was engaging, he was articulate, he sounded like he knew what he was talking about. And going back to what I said in the last show as well, if you just watch him and listen to him and do not challenge anything he says properly, everything is really believable, step by step. Just the way he says it, it's just convincing. I understand why there are people who just buy it all and then walking around the streets, you might have seen the clip of a young lady going up and basically bullying um, two workers who were fitting 5G cables in, in the street crazy but I, I understand why that happens because if you listen to these things anything any of these documentaries anybody's got any view on either side of any debate remember if you just listen to them it can be so convincing and so compelling that you just buy into it and once you've taken it as your opinion remember the last episode once it's your opinion you've got confirmation bias you're attached emotions to it well now you're defending your own opinion rather than staying open-minded and thinking okay what's the other side of the debate so i've, I've made it, i mean i know there are lots there's other i'm talking about the 5g conspiracy theory here other conspiracy theories are available apparently i, I haven't got time to, to get into all of them the 5g one in particular is interesting to me because firstly let's let's start with the basics i i love whenever i'm this even goes back to me being a lawyer whenever someone brings a problem to me what I tend to notice is we, we start in the middle. So when you're a lawyer, what people tend to do is they bring you something and say, for example, this is a specific example of a company I ended up working with in, and not as a lawyer, because they, they brought me a document and said, we've, agreed, we've decided to sell our company for this much money to these people, will you be the lawyer? And I said to them, I can be the lawyer, yeah, but this, what you've got to remember is that's the middle of the story so i always go back to the beginning of the story and i said to them why do you want to sell your business and as we started talking about why they wanted to sell their business it turned out that what they were trying to achieve couldn't be achieved by selling their business it couldn't it was impossible without going into the details so selling the business wasn't the right thing to do whereas what most lawyers do is just go yeah if you want to sell your business you can just sell your business go back whenever you get something think about is this the middle of the story so even this is interesting for me. Why do we call them conspiracy theories? So, so I look it up, I love, language is so key. We're gonna talk about language loads as we go forward. Language is key. I love looking up definitions of things because things have just been bastardized over time. The definition in the Cambridge Dictionary of a conspiracy theory is a belief that an event or situation is the result of a secret plan made by powerful people. Now, I think if you take that definition and you take the phrase conspiracy theory, I don't think they match in the way we think about them. I think you think conspiracy theory and you think, oh, like even for, for most normal people I know, most rational minded people or people who consider themselves to be rational minded, as soon as they hear conspiracy theory, they want nothing to do with it. They don't like the phrase because it makes it sound like, well, you're a lunatic. If you're part of David Icke's crew or any of the other conspiracy theories, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a nutter. But if I say 
But do you believe that there are any events or situations in the past that we know of that have been the result of a secret plan made by powerful people? A hundred percent, yes, the answer is to that question. A hundred percent. The city I'm from, lots of people watching this, maybe you will know, we've got a big one. You know, 30 years, <laughs> there was a huge cover-up, there was a football disaster, 96 people died. The state, the media blamed the supporters who died. They blamed the supporters who were around those supporters. It took 30 years to change the narrative, to, for, for the families of those victims to battle and uncover what was actually the truth. Now, if you go back to the beginning of that story, there was an, there was an official line. The official line was nothing to do with the police. This is all about the fans' behavior. That was what was true. That was the general, the general message put out to everybody. If you believed otherwise, it would fall within the definition of conspiracy theory. But 30 years later, it's proved to be true. Let me give you another example, live example. So I watched the other night um, the film Dark Waters. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. It's a perfect example of this. And we've got these examples all around the world all the time of government cover-ups, of big corporation cover-ups. And Dark Waters is about um, the company that makes Teflon and how basically the stuff that's in Teflon is poisonous. And this is a very brief summary, obviously, and is now in the bloodstream of 99% of humans on the planet. But the whole movie and the whole story, which is based on a true story of a real life lawyer who took up this case of a farmer that brought it to him and fought against a huge chemical company, DuPont, and uncovered the truth. But during that whole spell, the, the, the official line was, there's nothing wrong with this stuff. It's fine. So if you take the opposite view, it's a conspiracy theory. And this is where it's dangerous for me, is that if you start, the, the problem with the extremes is if you attach to either extreme, you've got an issue. And the problem with the sort of the far out, the out, outside extreme views is they put lots of people off and they actually do more damage to their own message. So looking at the specifics, let's look at the specifics of, of the 5G conspiracy theory, for example. The claim is, in a nutshell, that coronavirus isn't actually a virus. It's caused by 5G, by the, by the electromagnetic waves that 5G puts out. It's caused by that. And there are loads of scientists who say it's bullshit. That's, that's not true. It doesn't cause it. And I'm, I'm with that. That's, yeah, I, I take that. I've seen, I've seen enough from the stuff I've read. But this is something really important in this as well. And this is a line I never expected to say out loud, but I was, I was reading a, a book about general health and, and well-being and um, holistic healing of different things, which we'll talk about in the future. And it said a line which I really, really liked. And it, and it took me back and it might take you back. So 5G doesn't cause the coronavirus. Because think of this. We are told, I think, I think this is even the line on cigarettes now, smoking causes cancer but that's not true smoking doesn't cause cancer and this is i this is this is a bit of a what what the fuck are you talking about type moment 
And the line in this book I read, which I thought was brilliant, was, smoking doesn't cause cancer any more than being in water causes drowning. For one thing to cause another thing means that every time the first thing exists, the other thing follows. So if smoking causes cancer, or if being in water causes drowning, everybody who smokes get cancer, and everyone who goes in water drowns. You with me? Makes sense? So smoking doesn't cause cancer. What's been shown is smoking is a massively high risk thing to do if you want to avoid getting cancer. There is a high risk that if you smoke, you will get cancer. But it's not a direct cause, because if it was a direct cause, everyone who smoked would get cancer. Same with being in water. If you're gonna drown, you've got to be in water. But loads of people go in water and don't drown. So think about that with 5G. It's probably, it's probably true that 5G doesn't cause coronavirus, because if it did, anyone that was exposed to 5G would get whatever this is. If the conspiracy theory says it's not a virus, well, whatever the symptoms are, if you're in touch with 5G, you would get it if it caused it. So that's okay. But what that doesn't mean is 5G is safe. And these are two different things. So if you, if you go beyond the big, like, brash conspiracy theory and dig, dig into the information, some of the stuff, actually, that people talk about within the conspiracy theory might have some legs. So there are... I think it's, it's approaching 500 doctors now have joined together, doctors and scientists worldwide, have joined together to express their concern about the rollout of 5G and its safety implications for human health because they don't consider it's been tested enough when in comparison to how much it might damage our bodies. Now that doesn't mean, it may, that doesn't mean the coronavirus is caused by it and it doesn't mean it's got anything to do with the coronavirus, but it might still not be good for us but we don't know. On the scale of 0 to 100 in truth, 2 plus 2 is 4 truth. Is 5G safe? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But the, I think the, the, the key in all of this is loads of people aren't sure as well. And when I see something like nearly 500 scientists and doctors have raised concerns, when you actually see people who are credible raising concerns, then the first thing I think is well, think of dark waters, think of the story in that. Think of the Hillsborough disaster. Think of any one of a number of other things that you were told were safe, told were fine. Smoking, smoking's a perfect example, isn't it? Before my time, but there was once upon a time, the, the line was smoking was safe, it was good for you, it was fine, don't worry about it. But, and that line was pushed by commerce, it was pushed by money, because that's what controls loads of things, lots, controls loads of policies. And with something like this, I think it's important. And that's why I wanted to do the other videos first, the black and white thinking and the assessing information videos. Because it's really easy to just say, this is a load of bollocks. It's really easy to do that. What's harder to do? And, and something that's harder to do about it as well is the fear of the reaction you'll get. So even just by me saying these things, if people don't listen properly to what you're saying, they can misunderstand it, they can misinterpret it, they can clip it, they can take little bits out and make it sound differently, and they can turn. So that causes people a lot of fear. Going back to the first video I did on this channel, fear. 
but that's okay because it's really important as has been shown by anyone who's ever uncovered anything to ask questions it's all right to ask questions and the biggest question i ask when when i'm looking at all of this stuff i was thinking about this the biggest question i ask is if we're not absolutely sure like should firstly should we be rolling anything out worldwide if we're not absolutely sure it's safe for humans even if there's a one percent chance it's not safe shouldn't we be just holding off and doing a bit more testing and then again we're starting in the middle of the conversation because it's like it's like in this conversation we have to have 5g and it, even even me Joe, until this happened with the coronavirus i might not have paid any attention to any of this because it's just your phone isn't it it's just your internet you've got 3g and then you've got 4g and then you get 5g and things get faster and things get quicker and i was looking at it and thinking about well step, take a step back what do we need 5g for why is it so urgent we need to get this stuff out and that's, i've read a few things and one of the things is um well we need it oh well we need it everyone always talks about progress we need progress we need and what we really mean is more speed we can download things faster i'm like do we really need to download things faster and i'm conscious as i say that i don't want to i don't want to come across as sort of like a grumpy old man who's like well the world's fine as it is of course we we can look to develop things we can look to make things better but there's a big deeper question in all of this is is this making it all better like, is, is humanity better off now than it was 30 years ago, generally? There's more depression, there's more addiction, there's more, there's more suicides, health is decreasing, opioid abuse is up. That's not all down to the internet, obviously, but is making everything go faster, more digital, is that good? Is that progress? I'm not saying yes or no, but I'm saying, should we ask the question? And when I, when I dug into it, I was thinking because I was reading about it, and it said, "Well, without five G, we you know, for the for the Internet of Things to work, we need we need five G." And I I was like, "What's the Internet of Things?" I've heard loads about this over the past, but the, the Internet of Things is basically stuff can talk to each other, so your fridge can talk to your phone. And I'm like, "Do I need my fridge to talk to my phone?" I heard I heard I think on a podcast ages ago. And it, and it gave this example of how with the internet of things you'd be able to have your belt linked to your phone and a training app so that if, your belt will know if you're putting on weight and if you go into a shop and you want to buy ice cream it won't let you because it knows you're trying to train and you're trying to lose weight and i'm there thinking do I want my belt to be able to make a decision like that for me? If I want a fucking ice cream, can't I just have an ice cream? Do I want, my, do I want to be in a shop arguing with my belt? I mean, for me, we're going a bit beyond what, whatever is useful with all this stuff, aren't we? Like, really, my belt? Is it bad enough my phone has already got a better memory than me? It's bad enough that my phone basically runs half my life. I'm already, I've heard Elon Musk say this and I think he's right. I'm already a cyborg. We're all cyborgs. We just carry the thing in our hand instead of having it stitched into our skin. Do I want to get to a point where my belt can make shopping decisions for me? I was laughing to myself thinking, if you take all of this like to the nth degree and combine all of these things together, I can imagine a scene in which it's like, Kopi died. What, what, what happened to him? He, um, he, got, he got strangled to death by his own belt like what it's like yeah he was in a shop and, and the belt just just suffocated him 
It's like, fucking hell, that's bad. And it's like, yeah, well, it was worse than that, actually, mate, because when we looked into it, it wasn't just the belt. It was because his fridge had been watching Game Changers on Netflix and chatting to other people who watched, other fridges who watched Game Changers on Netflix. And they all decided that veganism was good. So his fridge wanted him to be a vegan and Paul didn't want to be a vegan. So next time he was buying ice cream, the fridge set up with the belt to kill him. And you're like, going back to 5G, do we need it? Like, do, do we need it that badly? Do we need to be rolling out now? And this is where conspiracy theories got, like, get, gain momentum, is that whilst everyone's on lockdown, 5G stuff is being rolled out. And you're like, does that need to go out? Talk about, talk about 5G conspiracy is being quashed, being, being dampened down by mainstream media. All that does is fan the flames of the conspiracy theorists because they say, well, if we can't talk, why can't we talk about it if it's bullshit? Like if you've got the stuff that proves us wrong, just say the stuff that proves us wrong. But even in that, again, question everything. Even in that, there is a counter argument, which is, yeah, but if, you, if we let you talk about this everywhere, it's the type of thing that catches fire and people just listen to it because it sounds believable and they don't listen to the counter argument, which is the truth. But then we're in very, we're in very, very dodgy territory then because even as I said that, the truth, what's the truth? Who decides the truth? And something in fairness to David Icke, he said in his interview, and again, I am not in any way endorsing, not that I can, who the fuck am I? But um, I'm not supporting that conspiracy theory. I don't know whether it's true or not. I don't think it is. Um, so could some of the stuff they're talking about, as we've discussed in this, have some weight to it? Maybe. Should there be more questions asked? Probably, possibly. Um, but it's, So it's important to remember that we don't, most of the time, know what the truth, in inverted commas, is. So are we just going to accept whatever we're told by the establishment, by big business, by huge telecoms companies. Like what's, what's the difference between a huge telecoms company saying that 5G is safe than DuPont saying Teflon's safe or cigarette companies saying that cigarettes are safe? There's no difference. What there should always be in my view in anything like this is independent studies by very, very reputable organizations that have got zero links to anybody involved including funding you do not you do not want studies funded by anybody who has a conflict of interests or a vested interest in a certain outcome and that can be difficult to do but that's where i come down with all of this no matter where you are in the debate no matter whether you believe in a conspiracy theory or whether you just buy whatever a government tells you or a big organization tells you the whole point of this way of thinking is at each point think is this true what, what I am being told, is it true or is it a story? Is it based on facts? Is it, is it something I can absolutely rely on? And if not, should we question it a bit more? And that's where I come to with all of this stuff. Doesn't mean conspiracy theories are true. Also doesn't mean they're not. In instead of calling them conspiracy theories, if we call them alternative theories, I heard someone say once, think about alternative medicine. Everything's an alternative medicine to begin with. Because until it's tested and brought into the mainstream, it's an alternative medicine. Same with this for me. You've got theories that are accepted as being true now, and then you've got alternative theories. And over time, some of the alternative theories, like some of the ones we've discussed, big ones, 
become the mainstream theory because somebody usually because somebody or some group fights to prove that the alternative theory is actually true and then it turns out the thing that everyone thought was true before wasn't so the whole point of that the conclusion is don't be quick to dismiss conspiracy theories in the same way as don't be quick to accept the truth given to us by anybody else there's a great clip at the end of the film i'll put it i'll put it up next there's a great clip at the end of dark waters which is worth finishing this off with i'd love to hear your thoughts if you've got any thoughts on any of this i'm sure it is a highly emotive topic that'll get people talking let me know what you think let me know what your thoughts on it um comments feedback get in touch social media comments on youtube email me via the website as usual hope you enjoyed see you soon so it's me again uh, youtube wouldn't let me show the clip of the movie that i wanted to put on so here is the quote from the closing scenes of dark waters that i was going to show followed by some facts about the dupont teflon cases and what's happened since the quote by mark ruffalo who's playing rob billot who is the lawyer from the real life lawyer played in the film the system is rigged they want us to think it will protect us but that's a lie we protect us we do not the companies, not the scientists, not the government, us. A farmer with a 12th grade education told me that. On day one, he knew, and I thought he was crazy. He's not crazy. Dupont settled 3,535 class action cases relating to damages suffered by people as a result of the chemical they used in Teflon for $670.7 million dollars. That chemical is believed to be in the blood of virtually every living creature on the planet, including 99% of humans. As a result of Rob Billot's work, there are growing movements around the world to ban the chemical and to investigate over 600 related forever chemicals, which are nearly all unregulated. In May 2019, UN chemical regulators approved a ban of the chemical talked about in the movie. That chemical had been in mass production and used in a variety of household and commercial products since the 1940s.